Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. So today we're going to be talking about a framework for management mastery. And this is it's kind of been going through the series here of becoming a, a GovCon expert. We've been going through and talking about uh, different chapters in the book. And this one today is, it's a special one for me. I really, really love, number one, talking to uh, Dr. Barnes about all of this stuff. And number two, these topics that we talk about, we could talk about them for hours. This is just really good stuff. So today's topic, a framework for management mastery, Russ, why don't you kick us off, give us kind of the, the overview of this chapter, and then we'll, we'll dig in and talk a little bit. Uh, Michael, again, thanks for having me on the show. This is always great um, to have a chance to talk about these things. And one of the perspectives that I come from is we are told to do certain things and we are taught to do certain things in certain ways. And in many times we are not really directed in how to make those things work. Hmm. And one of those things really involves people. And you cannot grow your company or scale your company effectively if you're not getting the most out of the people Hmm. who make up your organization. And that addresses two areas. It addresses leadership and it addresses management. And for me personally, it drives me up the wall when people say, are you a leader or are you a manager? Or you're being a leader, you know, or you're being a manager and not a leader, because for me, they're two sides of the same coin. And if you are not really effective at management, it's going to make your challenges as a leader incredibly more difficult. So this chapter talks about the management aspects of things, and it ties into the leadership aspects of things so that it gives you a sense of what I mean when I say leadership and management are two sides of the same coin. And how do you bring those, uh, address both sides of that coin 
so you can be effective in in making your organization grow. Yeah, you know, I I think there there's so many directions we could go <laughs> when it, mm-hmm. when you talk about this because people really struggle with leadership. In fact, there's two chapters on leadership. I wrote one, Emily Harmon wrote the other one in this particular book, and we could write volumes of books yes. on, on the subject of leadership and mm-hmm. management and and the the differences in there. I like how you say they oh they're two sides of the same coin because they're they're somewhat one's a talent and one's a skill set almost it goes back to another mm-hmm. podcast you and I did where yes. you know there there's what's your your talent level on being a leader versus your skill level at management and and how those two are often very very different and yeah. so I, I get I think this is one of the areas where uh, I actually just wrote a, a little vignette in one of Doc Wright's new books uh, mm-hmm. about this topic where I think when you get out of the military you have ingrained in you a certain leadership style and in there and all branches are different the leadership style in army versus navy versus air force marine they're all a little bit different right yes and, absolutely but you take that common leadership style and think that's how you apply it to business where my focus in, in the little vignette i did was on how in the military a leader a leader's mission is the most important thing so yes. it's always mission first above everything and everyone. And then when you get into business, your team is first, not the mission. Because you can't accomplish the mission without caring for and communicating with your team. And like in in that chapter, I talk about how, you know, you when you leave the military, you had an endless sea of people. So like even Mm -hmm. like in Vietnam, oh, we just lost 10,000 people where there's a plane with 11,000 coming. That's right. So we're we're just going to plug those guys in. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's no accountability for loss. And even then. Mm You know, it's from a, a, a military's perspective, your goal is not retention to mm-hmm. a large degree. It's I need I'm going to have this person until they get mad and leave, but they can't leave until their contract is up. That's right. You know, they can't leave till their contract's up or I'm going to have them till we move them somewhere else. And then I'm just going to get a new one. Yeah, that's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah. So yeah. there's no accountability for how you nurture and improve your team and, and all of those types of things. Yeah. So I look at it from a, a couple of ways, you know, very, very much matched to what you're saying. And, uh, and, you know, I try to break things down so that I can uh, better apply them. Because at the end of the day, if it's not uh, applicable, and you're not using it on a continuous basis, then it's probably not the most effective way to use your time. So when I look at leadership, I I look at results and influence as the two Uh, driving forces. And the leadership side of that piece is being able to get effort out of people. And the management side of that piece is being able to get productivity out of them. So, you know, on my leadership side, I'm trying to find the way to create the environment so that when they show up at work, they are energized to get things done. And then the management side of that is then, of course, then what are they actually getting done? And I came upon this framework and the framework that I share in this chapter, when I was in my final assignment on active duty, I was chief of the policy division at uh, Central Command. And when I walked into that division, it wasn't functioning very effectively at all. And I started asking questions about what the division did and why it existed and what it was delivering. And I got all kinds of answers, none of which had anything to do (laughs) 
with making a contribution yeah, to yeah. the mission, like you said, to the to the mission in the military, it's the mission. Um, what are we contributing? And so as I started to break this thing down, I said, how can I shift the environment in this division so that I can get people who show up to work and they give their discretionary effort. They give their best intellect. They put their best uh, mindset and they collaborate and they communicate at a very high level. How do I make this into a high performance team on the staff? And it's very easy for us to build high performance teams in the field because at the tactical level, we have training programs that are far superior to anything else on this planet. And that was validated for me when I flew my first combat mission. And I was like, how in the world did they get this so right? I felt so perfectly trained for what it was that I was doing. So I said, how do I bring that then to the staff? So I came up with this framework and the framework is um, it's product process sources, contacts, initiative, and creativity. What I wanted from them was creativity. And I also learned later on, actually, but I also learned that when people are unhappy in their jobs, it's because their creativity has been taken away from them. The opportunity Mm. to be creative has been shut down. And then people are like, okay, well, if you don't care, I don't care. And, um, And so creativity, yeah, yeah, creativity and initiative was what I was looking for. I wanted them to be proactive when they showed up and not wait for me to tell them what to do and then hold them accountable to do it. So the product piece was you are here on the staff for a reason. You have experiences, you have education, you have skills. And somebody decided that this next assignment on the staff was a good step for you to take. Or you decided that I want to go to the staff and I want to work on the staff. Given that that already exists, now that you're here, what is that that you're supposed to be delivering? And and so what I wanted to do was to make sure that they understood that whatever it was they were doing was bigger than themselves. So you have a product. And, and, and as the chief of the policy division, when you came into my division, we have strategic policy, we have national policy, we have regional policy. Some of the people in my division were responsible for understanding the policy processes of Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, you know Africa and, and, and how do they use their resources? How do they allocate their resources? What did they decide? Uh, what, on what basis did they make decisions to use their resources? Your job is to know that and to communicate with them and to, and to, and to understand that. That's your job. That's your product. And when you see a problem, then you, your responsibility is to take that problem, put it into a one-page paper that we can then review, send to the two-star to send to the four-star so that we can get that information and then they can make the decisions that they need to make, which then takes us into the second piece, which is process. What is the process to get something from your desk to the four-star's desk so then the four-star can take action on it or not? And then in order to energize that process, you have to get information from somewhere. And so what are your sources? What do you read every day? Where do you find your information? What do you watch on on television? You know that what you know. What station do you watch? CNN? Do you watch BBC? Do you watch um, MSNBC? What do you watch? And then who are your contacts? Who do you talk to? Who helps you get the things done that you need to get done? Once you've done those four things, that puts you in a situation where you can take initiative. And then your responsibility is to be creative in bringing solutions to the problems that you've identified, so we can figure out how to package it and get it up to where it needs to be. So that was the framework I created. We can kind of dig into that a little bit more in terms of government contracting, but that's was the essence of it. And that's where it came from. At the end of the day, you and I've talked about this a lot. Everything that you create 
it's so simple, you know, and it and it's it's so what I would say is actionable. Where yes, you know, people looking at it, I think you you say this all the time. What really kind of gets you going is when somebody looks at it and says, "This is doable." Yes, this is this is doable. I can do this, and I think that's at, at the heart of, of this framework here that you're talking about. Everything is doable, and it's just a matter of of going through the process. So one of the things that again, you and I talk about a lot of stuff that works really really well for people in the beginning of their business they're trying to figure out who they want to be when they grow up how to sell to the government that kind of stuff and it's so easy in my mind for people to dismiss this when they're an active running business five years 10 years 20 years 100 years into the business and in a in a previous podcast we talked about how you know mcdonald's and walmart and windy uh, fedex all these companies that have been around for decades are going through these processes all the time i can't tell you how many of these companies i've worked with big brands like this that are constantly trying to probably every 12 to 18 months trying to say hey where are we let's do a self-assessment of where we are how do our managers manage how do we as a company manage our vision and our mission and, and those kind of things and how do we take a step back and look at tweaking what we're doing because we find certain areas of the business that are a little bit out of whack if you will and yes. so it, it's so applicable to the company that is up and running and here's how I look at it if you're struggling with anything in business it often comes down to how you are managing the business yes you know yes. the all, all of my Australian friends always say there, there's this phrase and they say the fish stinks from the head down right yeah <laughs> that, that, yes. that, that's their thing and, and yeah. they're like if you look at a company and you think the bottom line is screwed up like you go through the McDonald's drive-thru and like wow that's a horrible employee and yeah. there's another horrible employee it's probably not a horrible employee it it you you know follow the fish all the way up to the head mm-hmm. and you realize there's something going on at the top at the management yep. level because it, it, it may be a bad employee but if they have 10 of them it's the manager's problem because they only hire bad people like That's oh right. you've got a pulse and you're available on monday great yep, you know exactly yep. <laughs> you know? yep so it's a it's a management issue whether it's a sales problem or this or that problem and and, it, and look and I'll, I'm, i want to say this to defend sales managers that are on here if you're looking at your company and you're like i've got a problem in customer service I've got a problem in sales. I've got a problem in finance. I've got a problem in this department. And you're at the top. Guess what? You're you're the They're head the of the fish. <laughs> you're the head <laughs> exactly. of the fish. You're the you're the problem. It's not necessarily how can all of those managers be bad. The yeah. only the only way that's possible is if you're the one that's hiring poor people or not training them or leaving them on an island or or whatever it may be. There's there's a tons of different issues there. But it, it goes right back to the head of the fish on this one. And so yeah. and and if we drill down to it, which is what I like to do. I try to drill down to the least common denominator and, and what is common about all of these things. And so when you drill down to it, you know, that's why this this framework is effective is because if you say, you know, we solve a problem with a particular product, do the people in this organization understand what that problem is that we solve and how the product solves that problem? And yeah. so it really starts right there. So if you just focus on that one piece, then you're really going to be able to get your team to be more effective because then the next most critical thing becomes, do you listen? And mm-hmm. if people understand the problem and they see the product, they're going to have some ideas. And the question becomes, can you listen to the ideas that they are helping you with and incorporate them in some way, shape or form so that they feel empowered um, and feel like they're making a contribution and they're bringing their creativity to the to the table. Now you can work through some of those um, interpersonal things that really cause 
cause people to appear to be bad at their job. Yeah, no, that that's really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like being able to listen is such a big deal. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. You've probably heard this story before where this was in a, in a soap factory. They were having problems where there were empty boxes of soap hitting the shelf and they couldn't figure out how to, to figure out this out. So they brought in engineers and the engineers looked at x-ray machines and all this stuff and <laughs> millions of dollars. And, you know, there's a janitor who just comes up and puts a fan at the belt and it just blows off the empty boxes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you know, and it's like you know, sometimes it's it's I think it's Occam's razor is the, is the principle, right? Where it's, it's, it's yeah. the easiest solution is often the best one. That's it. Occam's razor. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like sometimes that's the deal or, or the, the big one was with NASA where, you know, I don't know if you know this, you, you probably do, where NASA spent millions, I think somewhere to the tune of three million dollars to create a pen that could write in space because with weightless and all that kind of stuff. It's a massive issue. And now that pen can write underwater, in space, and everywhere. And the Russians just use pencils. Pencils. (laughs) You know, and it's like, come on, people. You know, sometimes it's as easy as that. But but I think, doesn't that come down to a management philosophy of a manager being so focused on we have to make a pen right in space Mm -hmm. that we're going to create a $3 million project? Why can't we just write with pencil Mm -hmm. like why can't we do that and done move on yeah 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 exactly and so you know again this framework is created so that you have a logical progressive way of thinking through the challenges that you have and that you're faced as a manager yeah and when you have this framework and you can say i have a leadership problem because all of my managers are failing you know their people are there the turnover is high the products are poor all these things are a challenge let's take a look at what what they understand and how and why we exist. And, you know, and, 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 and that right there can solve so many problems. There's a, there's another book about this, uh, this concept is called the great game of business by Jack Stack. And he took over a company that was really struggling. It was in a manufacturing company. I think they were creating engines and they were just really struggling. The profit margins were really tiny. And so they needed to be very effective and efficient in what they were doing in order to make any money at all. And so what he did was he opened up the books to everyone in the company and everybody was like, that's crazy. You can't show the employees <laughs> how much money you're making. And, you yeah. know, but when he opened up the books and they saw how things functioned and they saw where they fit and they saw what type of uh, work their efforts were towards the uh, desired outcome, then they then started to make suggestions and, and, and make yeah. decisions. And, you know, they worked harder and they worked longer because they knew that they were having an impact. And he was able to set up some competitions and say, you know, well, this this unit over here is doing this and they're contributing this to the bottom mm-hmm. line. And, and they the, the employees really got good at understanding how the company functioned and they made money. He did yeah. he did really, really well with that with that business. That's, that's awesome. So yeah, so starting with that, you know, starting with that, but having having that framework, okay, so this is the product that we do. And then what do the people in the organization understand about the process? Yeah. Do they know how much it costs to do certain things to, to make 
certain things happen. So they really need to work on that. So now as a, if you look at this as a management framework, look at what it does for your leadership. Yeah, no, that that's really good. You know, I used to have this same philosophy when we had dozens and dozens of employees in, in bigger companies I worked at, mm-hmm. where I would say, you know, we sit down, we do a review and money would always be an issue. And I would say, how much do you want to make? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, what, what is acceptable for a pay raise? And I, no, that's not what I asked you. Mm-hmm. How much do you want to make? And they would say, well, I want to make this number, but I know that's not possible. Mm-hmm. I'd say, well, let's see how we get to that number. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to get to that number, here's what we need from you. Yep. That was, yep. that was always my philosophy. I like, I don't exactly. care if the average salary is $50,000 and you want to make 90. Yep. We can get to that, but here's what has to happen. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and pull them into the process. Yes. Of, of the whole thing. So they yep. really understand all of that stuff. So exactly. Again, this is, I know that I sound like a broken record on this when When you and I get on these podcasts, we could talk forever about mm-hmm. this stuff. <laughs> yeah. what, what are like two or three points you want to leave people with on this? So, you know, I, I went through and talked about, you know, that framework and, and how you just kind of walk through that and you use that as your guide. And um, it, so the biggest point, the, the key point, that I want to leave on this one is I have shared in this chapter my management framework and given you some understanding of how it works, why it works. But this one may not be a management framework that interests you. And if that is the case, that's okay. But I would certainly encourage you to come up with some type of a management framework that does work for you so that you can enhance your ability to then focus not on the mechanics, but on the relationships, you know, and, and, and to be able to, and, and it it comes down to making sense. I remember being in the field and everybody would say, people on the staff are idiots. They have no idea what they're doing. They're making these decisions that don't make sense. And then you get on the staff and you go, the people in the field just don't don't get it. They have no idea what we're up against. (laughs) And, and, and so it's a matter of then can the folks, you know, on the staff communicate to the people who are on the front line why, how these things work. And when you have a management framework, then it makes it easier to have those conversations and to deliver the messages in the right way so that they understand that everybody then is on the same page. Good, good stuff, man. Always, yeah. always good stuff. If you're listening to this, you haven't gotten a copy yet of Becoming a GovCon Expert, go grab a copy today. Uh, really, really good stuff here from our, our good friend, Dr. Russ Barnes. Russ, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it as well. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.